a Friday morning. Man, it's pretty tough. It's pretty tough. No lie. It's pretty tough, man, to, uh, to do the whole football show thing because it's just so damn crazy. Like, COVID and everything is just so insane that it makes it pretty tough. Like, straight up. I mean, there's so much, there's so many games that are, people have COVID, players have COVID, games are rescheduled, other games are pushed back. I mean, we're getting to that point, man. We're getting to that point to where the NFL season is really, really going to be tested. Uh, It's so hard, man. It's so hard because we are four full weeks into the season, and we are right now in a situation where we have like four or five games that are possibly canceled, possibly postponed, possibly moved around. We've got players, um, you know, being sent home. We have players being quarantined. I mean, the question is really, what do you do? Do you bubble this thing? Do you put people in hotels and try and bubble it up? Do you, do you pause? Do you pause the season for two weeks? You know, what, what, what do you do? And it's so hard with the NFL because like baseball, you could you could risk you know a couple teams missing a couple days. You could risk a couple players missing a couple games or weeks or whatever. Uh, the NBA, you know, they they did their bubble thing, but the NFL, I mean, everything is so critical. I mean, just like just like the New England Patriots, you know, the, the, they were they were forced, and really no one's talking about this for some reason, but they're forced to play number one without their starting quarterback, and arguably their best offensive player. They're forced to travel on the same day of the game against the best team in the NFL. I mean, when you only have 16 games in a season, one game like that is a really big deal. I mean, how many times do we see a division being decided by one game, home field advantage being decided by one game, or whatever else? So this stuff happening like this, I mean, I feel like the NFL is kind of dragging their feet, or, or if nothing else, they're kind of just, they're they're almost just, they're almost just going through the motions and hoping it all goes away. But at the same time, it's like, dude, can you risk that? Can you risk just kind of every week, like, oh, LOL, uh, Stephon Gilmore can't play next week. Oh, LOL, uh, Josh Allen can't play. Oh, uh, Patrick Mahomes can't play. And next thing you know, you go to a playoff race where you have these teams that are missing out on home field or missing out on the playoffs because of half of a game. And it's like, well, if we would have had our starting quarterback for the whole season, or if we would have had home field advantage, I mean, uh, not home field advantage, if we would have had, you know, normal travel, then we've been fine. It, it, and then it's hard for, you know, the gamblers and the betters because it's really difficult to look at the stats and say, well, yeah, the Patriots lost to the Chiefs, but do we actually upgrade them for that? Oh, wow, yeah, you know, um, this team's defense looks really good, but they've played three games against backup quarterbacks. Like it's it's just a mess. It really is. So I'm not sure what they're going to do. I'm not sure what the answer is because I'll tell you what the answer is not. In my opinion, I don't think they should bubble the NFL. I do not think they should go back. I don't think they should do what the what the NBA did with uh, going to a hotel, doing all that stuff. Because I think what's what's so good about the NFL right now is that it feels like the NFL. It feels like football when you have these players in their stadiums you know even though there's no fans but players in their stadiums you know you get to see the Packers of Lambeau the Saints in the dome if it was in some random ass hotel I don't, I don't think it would be the same I I if it was me knee-jerk reaction I would probably postpone the season for two weeks I'd probably I'd probably say you know what 
We're stopping the season. We're halting the season. We're going to give everyone two weeks, and we're going to see where we are after that. Because this little trickle effect of two players here have it, eight players here have it, ten players here have it, uh, postpone this game, postpone this game, that's not working. Or that's not going to work. We're only four weeks in. So let's just say this happens on average the same way four times throughout the year. That's a huge deal. That's a real impact, you know. So I think you, you just say, look, in the in the face of collective integrity or, or, comp- or uh, competition integrity, let's just postpone the season for two weeks, let everybody see where we're at, and then in two weeks we'll retest the league and go from there. And hopefully it'll give players a chance to, you know, quarantine or, or heal up if they have COVID or whatever. Uh, soccer does this all the time. Soccer goes on what's called international breaks. So players that play in like the Premier League in England, they may also play for their country. So they take like a couple weeks off during the year for international breaks. So it's not unheard of to have one or two weeks off in the middle of the season. The NBA has an all-star break. MLB has an all-star break. So I don't think this would be that big of a deal. Now, that is saying if you did that, you would be pushing back the Super Bowl you would be pushing back the playoffs, which I'm guessing is a big deal. I'm guessing, you know, when the NFL schedules a Super Bowl in advance a full year or however long they do it, it's not that easy to take that venue and move it back a week or move it back two weeks or three weeks or whatever you got to do. But that is one of those things where I would rather deal with the headache of moving all the stuff versus the headache of having just some half-ass, like kind of sort of season where Patrick Mahomes plays five games, you know, like, and I'm using him as an example because he's such an exciting player. But what happens if Russell Wilson comes down with COVID, you know? All of a sudden, you're looking at the Seahawks who are undefeated. He's in an MVP campaign. He, may, you know, is it is it fair that his MVP campaign and their season is derailed because of COVID? Or, or any of these guys, you know? I mean, even like Joe Burrow. Let's say Joe Burrow gets COVID. You know, that that's such a big deal. So, in, in to protect the assets of the NFL, to protect the game, I think giving it like a two-week... Uh, kind of buffer zone here, maybe even more, maybe like every four weeks. I mean, now we're really getting into the weeds here, but every four weeks or every six weeks or something, we stop, reassess, retest, give everyone 10 days, give everyone two weeks, however you want to do it. And and yes, it prolongs the season. Yes, it, it, it does some things, but maybe we have a better chance of some kind of consistency versus just crossing our fingers and hoping this doesn't happen anymore. I mean, right now, as far as I know with the NFL, there is no contingency plan. So if we have a real breakout, like a real serious outbreak of uh, t- 15 players on three teams have it, what what are they going to do? Because from what it seems like, they don't even have, they have nothing planned. So we luckily, we've only seen a few players on a few teams get it. But what if a full-scale outbreak happens and like six teams have to get a pushback? What do they do? What do you do? So I, I'm trying to get away from those possibilities uh, in my plan. But with that being said, it's a pretty wild time in the NFL. So um, I've been try- I try to push this show far as, ba- as far back as possible because of all the unknowns. And so we're going to kind of fly through this since it is kind of later, and I want to get this out. So uh, we're going to talk about the Thursday night game. So the Buccaneers and Bears played last night, and all you're going to hear about is um, Tom Brady forgetting his fourth down on the last play and all that stuff. And look, this is something that I've talked about a lot on the show is that Tom Brady, number one, is not Tom Brady 
of old. You know, he wasn't Tom Brady last year. He wasn't Tom Brady the year before. You, know, you, you have to go back a few years before you get the Tom Brady that we have known for so long. I want to say right now the only quarterbacks over the age of like 41 or something to have wins in the NFL is Tom Brady with like three and Vinny Testaverde with like two. So he's in rarefied air. So I'm not like I I have been preaching that Brady is maybe a top 20-ish quarterback, like maybe somewhere in that 15 to 20 range, uh, depending on how it looks for just this season. Obviously, I think Tom Brady's the best quarterback of all time. Everyone should. There really is no other argument. But he just ain't got it. And five years ago, 10 years ago, you tell me Tom Brady has a minute and 30 seconds on the clock and all he needs is a field goal. Uh, I'm, I'm taking Brady, you know. And so I'm not too surprised with his struggles uh, of late, but and not of late, but I mean like of this season, of last season. But this is another thing that we talked about with the change of scenery. Does this whole fourth down thing happen with Bill Belichick? Probably not. You know, I mean, I don't know if Brady really forgot the down and all that stuff, but I guarantee you Bill Belichick would not have done that. Like, Bruce Arians is a little bit more of a fly-by-the-seat-of-his-pants, a little bit more of a gunslinger-type type coach, and this kind of stuff can happen. You know, I mean, it's not just Tom Brady getting older, but it's also Tom Brady leaving the greatest organizational structure. And I talk about that a lot on this show. The idea that these teams, the idea that the front office, the idea that organizational structure is a really big deal, because it is. It's a really big deal. You know, having coaches like that, having a uh, structure, having a, a GM, having like all those things, that's what makes makes dynasties possible. That's what makes uh, being able to pick up the Wes Welkers and the Julian Edelmans and the Chris Hogans and the whoever else and make them stars. Because you can bring them into your system, put them in your system, and your system works. You know, that's why Matt Castle could win 10 games at starting quarterback and then he's out of the league two years later. The Patriots have a way. I mean, the Patriot way is kind of a meme, but it's the truth. And it starts at the top and bleeds down. Brady's not in that. So now Brady's playing with a bunch of guys who are not from that system. And that matters. That really matters. You cannot just plug people into random places and act like they're going to play the same way. It's not how it works. So Brady in Tampa is feeling that right now. He's seeing that. His his teammates are not the Patriot you know, born and bred players and his coaches aren't aren't the Patriot born and bred coaches and that's bleeding down. Now as far as Chicago, this is probably going to end the Mitchell Trubisky saga in Chicago. I think that in the first half, or maybe until about two minutes to go in the first half, because they were winning at halftime, but I think that there was some grumblings of, hey man, if we're gonna lose, let's lose with Trubisky. Let's lose with a guy who maybe has a chance to progress Let's not lose with Foles and waste Trubisky and Foles. But this is what Foles can do. Foles can get you out of a hole. It's not like Foles is incredible. All right? I mean, this is a 20-19 game, right? This is nothing crazy. Foles scored 14 points in the second quarter, 6 in the fourth. I mean, you know, it's not – Foles didn't go out there and just duel Brady. But having Nick Foles gives you a bit of that magic. So I think Chicago is all in with Nicholas and – you know, it's goodbye to Mitchell Trubisky. As far as Chicago, I, look, maybe it's just me. I just don't trust Chicago. I never have ever since the Nagy-Trubisky um, pairing. I don't think they're good. And they're 4-1, and one, so it's hard for me to say that. But I tweeted this out last night. But if they were 15-1, and one, I think I would still say they're overrated and still say they're probably the worst 15-1 and one team in NFL history. So the Bears are going to have to do a whole lot to impress me. 
every time I bet on them, I lose. If I bet against them, they win. If I bet on them, they lose. I bet against them against uh, Atlanta and Detroit. I bet on them against Indianapolis. So, you know, it's fun times. Absolutely fun times. I'm going to chat here. Chicago is the worst 4-1 team probably ever. I agree. That's what I said. I mean, I, th- I agree. If Honestly, if they were 16-0, and 0, I would think they were un- they were under like overrated. I, I would think they were not that good. Like, it's just something about them. It's just something about, you know, I don't believe in consistency with foals. There's no reason for me to believe that Chicago can do this. I mean, let's look. I mean, th- this is a team that, I mean, look, they're 4-1. and one, You know, I mean, but I just don't believe in them. I don't believe in it at all. Jimmy Graham uh, had one hell of a catch in this game. But, uh, yeah, that's why, you know, like, I have a video in the pipeline where I reacted to Colin Cowherd's uh, top, top 10 power ranking. I uh, recorded it yesterday, live on stream, if you want to watch the VOD. Uh, that video should be out on YouTube, I think on Sunday. But he has he had Tampa Bay at three. And I was talking about in that video where Tampa Bay just is the ultimate fool's gold. They are on paper. It's like, yes, this is a really good team. Rob Gronkowski, Tom Brady, Leonard Fournette. And then it's like, when the hell was the last time that any of these players were good? Fournette was good last year, admittedly, but above average is more more the correct word. But you look at Gronkowski, he's a couple years out of just being a full-time player and then a couple more years out from being like a dominant player. Brady is more than a couple years out from being a dominant player. And it's just like, I just don't see it all. you know. And Leonard Fournette, as good as he may be, how what what like what does that even mean? You know, it's like it's like Todd Gurley in Atlanta. How good will Todd Gurley have to be to make a difference in Atlanta? How good will Leonard Fournette have to be to make a difference in Tampa Bay in a passing league like this? I mean, you will have to see. You will have to see. Like Nick Chubb's a good example. Nick Chubb had an incredible year last year, and no one gives a shit because it's Cleveland and it's the NFL, and you got to score to win, and running backs just aren't a thing. If Leonard Fournette has eighteen hundred yards. The Buccaneers are probably still going to be like a nine-win team. So, I mean, I, I think people are starting to see the Bucks a little more for what they are, and uh, that'll just continue as the year goes on. All right, let's get to the actual games. Panthers, Falcons. So, Falcons 0-4, 0-2, obviously, at home. Panthers 2-2. Two two. Uh, the line here opened Atlanta minus 3.5. That is a serious line. I mean, that is like... Getting that half point, getting that three and a half, obviously Vegas liked it. It got bet down all the way to one. So right now it's Atlanta minus one. Now, this is this is one of those things where, for me, it'd be impossible for me to take Carolina, even if it's the better bet, because I'm looking at this like, shit, I could have got three and a half. You know, like, I can't take this at one. I can't, t- I can't, I can't lose that much value, you know? But, man, Atlanta's bad. Atlanta honestly may have the worst defense in the last 10 years. I mean, they're just god-awful. They are terrible. They are absolutely abysmal. Now, when teams are 0-4, 0-5, 0-6, stuff like that, my tendency is to bet on those teams because they are max value. They are at the lowest. And Joe Public, um, you know, I know, I know someone who's a very square better, and the first thing he asked me, Every week is he'll ask me like, "Who's the worst team?" or "Which team doesn't have any um, doesn't have any wins?" Who who has the least amount of wins? And there's a lot of betters who just blindly look at that. They just blindly look at, "Wait a minute, 
The Panthers are two and two. The Falcons are zero and four. I can get the Panthers plus one. All they gotta do is win the game. That's how a lot of betters bet. So, and you know, I tell people this all the time, and I've talked about it on the show where when you bet, and when we, and we we do have a gambling or a Vegas slight like slight towards this this show, we talk a lot about the numbers and all that stuff. Y'all don't want to hear me talk about X's and O's. I can promise you that. I I, I try and mix it up a little bit, but. You are not betting on these teams. I, I, I can't stress that enough. You know, I, I just had a conversation last night because I didn't know Jimmy Graham was in the NFL. And the, the person I was talking to was like, I can't believe you bet as much as you do on football, but you don't know the players. And that's kind of the point, right? The point is you don't bet on players. You don't bet on teams. You do, the last thing you're betting on is whoever is on the roster right here. It can be a part of it, but that's a very small part of it. It's more about the market, more about the value you're getting. So when I see the number, the number is telling me to take Atlanta. The, the number is telling me, hey, man, we're getting a ton of value on Atlanta here, and they're probably max motivated. Their back's against the wall. Uh, I think Carolina just had a pretty big win last weekend, correct? Yeah, they just beat the, the Cardinals, uh, 31-21, big win. Feels good, man. And now they're playing the Falcons, who this team has got to win. This team has got to get a W. Uh, so... Gun against my head, I would take Atlanta here. But I mean, I've I've talked about Atlanta every week. I've talked about these teams. These teams, like this, is going to stay. This is going to stay my course on these teams for the rest of the year. That Carolina is figuring out who they are. I mean, they have a lot going on. Atlanta knew who they were, and that shit is over. Like they knew who they were. They were Matt Ryan. They were a high high powered offense. They were Julio Jones. They were. You know, all this stuff. They were they were a good team every year, dangerous team every year. That is over. That's gone. I'm going to tell you that right now. That's not who they are anymore. Atlanta, That we're, we're kind of getting into that next step with Atlanta. We're getting into that next era where they're going to have to bring in a new franchise quarterback, new assets, new coaching. So Atlanta's on a huge switch. Gun to my head, I would take the Falcons here strictly because of the line. By the way, the total... Uh, opened at 55, moved down to 54, looks like 54 in, across most shops. Raiders Chiefs. So uh, did, this game get, did this game get moved? Is this one of the games that got moved or no? Did, did, this, is, this, isn't, this isn't getting moved, correct? Because the game that's possibly getting moved, I think, is next week. I think the Bills... I think the Bills Chiefs are the one, is the one on Thursday night that's possibly getting moved. I don't know. This shit is so confusing, man. What's up, Crafty? How you doing, dude? So I'm just going to... I think they're playing. Are they, I'm pretty sure they're playing. Let's see. It says... It doesn't say the date on here. Well, yeah, it does. It says Sunday. Yeah. I know some game is Tuesday, right? Yeah, okay. Bills... Yeah, Bills and Titans are Tuesday. So there's no way the Bill plays, Bills play on Tuesday and not on Thursday. So, so what's going to happen, I guess, is... The Bills Chiefs game is going to get moved the following week. That that sounds about right. So let's go to this game, Raiders Chiefs. Um, I, I'm I'm just really kind of I'm really kind of off the Raiders. I, I just don't like what the Raiders have going on here. I really like the Chiefs. Obviously, um, the line is open up at eleven and a half, moved slightly to twelve. That's going to happen. The Chiefs are probably the most most not probably they are the most public team in the NFL. Uh, nor- normally. I mean, look, I'm not the kind of guy who's going to take double-digit favorites. Like, that's just not how I roll. 
the cheat now I've also talked about this is that certain teams are better with big numbers. Like the Ravens are really good with big numbers because when they want to just run the football, that's what they do anyways. So that's where they're at their best. Whereas the Chiefs, they don't really want to just run the football. So when they go up 17 points, something like that, and they shut it down and they just start running the football or kind of changing their offense up a little bit, the back door is wide open. All right. I mean, the back door is wide open. So if it was me, I'd probably take the Raiders here, but I wouldn't feel good about it. Uh, this is, you know, the Raiders, I, I just think their ceiling is here, right? Like, how far is John Gruden going to take this team? Eight and eight? Like, is eight and eight the ceiling? Is nine wins the ceiling? I feel like a nine win team or a nine win season for Oakland or Las, Las Vegas would be pretty good. If you, if they, if I told Las Vegas, that the Raiders won nine games, they'd probably be pretty happy. That seems like the season for me. That seems like that's it, you know? So I think they're a slightly average to above average team. And then I think the Chiefs are the best team in the NFL. So as much as I would hate to do this, I would probably take the Raiders um, minus or uh, plus 12. I would wait. Money is not going to come in on Oakland. Or God, I keep doing that. Money is not going to come in on Las Vegas. So if you're going to take the Raiders, I would take them late. I'd take them like right before kickoff and hope this moves closer to like 13. Maybe my move. And then next up here, Cardinals, Jets. Oh, God. Uh, this, so this is, this is one of those games where the Jets got a COVID. So the Jets were sent home. So this game is off the board. I don't think this game's happening. Yeah, this game, I don't think this game's going to happen because the Jets were sent home. So this game, if this game does happen, it would happen later because there's no way they sent the Jets home and then they're going to turn around and be like, all right, y'all play now, right? So I don't think this game's going to happen. So we'll... The Cardinals, though, I mean, the Cardinals got to figure out some stuff. This is a great way to do it. The Cardinals came off a really bad loss against Carolina. Kyler Murray had like four yards of completion. He's got to get that figured out. Um, if he can get that figured out, they'll be fine. The Cardinals are still a couple years away. Uh, the Jets are a total dumpster fire. The best thing that can happen to the Jets in this game is that they do not play this game at all. So we're they're hoping. I'm sure they're hoping that they do not play. Going to chat. I like Washington plus seven, Atlanta minus one, and Indy minus one a lot this week. Well, well, the next game. Oh, actually, it's not. It's not the next game. But Eagles Steelers is the next game. All right, y'all know y'all know my rule about uh, Eagle Steelers. Y'all know my rule about fading teams off of primetime games. What did everyone just see the Eagles do? They just saw the Eagles look pretty good. They saw the Eagles go and dominate San Francisco. They saw Carson Wentz look pretty good. Steelers at home. Pittsburgh is minus seven was the opener. The line hasn't moved at all. Kind of surprising. I figured some people would be backing Philly because of how good they looked on Sunday night. I wouldn't be surprised if this dropped a little bit. Um, if this drops to like six and a half or six, then I would make Pittsburgh like one of my better bets here. I like Pittsburgh in this game anyways, because one, we're fading Philadelphia. So think about what Philly had to do. Philly had to go from Philly to Frisco, go back to Philly, and then go to Pittsburgh. That's a pretty brutal travel spot, especially with them playing the late game on Sunday night. That's uh, that's So they get off the field at what, you know, 10 o'clock? Then they got to get on the plane, fly back across the country. All that stuff it takes, you know, is a big deal. Uh, another thing I like about this is that Pittsburgh has a fantastic pass rush 
and a fantastic front seven. Philadelphia doesn't protect Carson Wentz very well at all, so I like that matchup edge there. I like Pittsburgh minus seven. Now, between me and the camera, I currently have zero tickets right now. I have not gone to the book. Oh, I went to the book earlier, but I didn't, I didn't make any plays or anything. So I don't have any actual tickets. I always update on Sundays what, what my card looks like. Now, I'll never tell y'all that I bet on a game or something or whatever, and I don't actually bet on the game. I hate when people do that. Um, I hate when um, touts do that. I, I grew up in an era where... On Sunday mornings, my dad used to call the TV, you know, tout service, and um, you know, so I, I I know I know how you know I know what it sounds like when people are like, "This is a twenty unit. This is a must must buy, must play pick, must play this lifetime bet." And then I would ask my dad, like, "Well, oh my god, like, put the house on it." And then he explained, you know, that they they basically sell the way it was always told to me was. Half of their time, they're selling, like in this game, if it was the Eagle Steelers, what I would do, if I was a tout, the way I would do it is from like Sunday at 6 a.m. to 9 a.m., I would um, be giving out the the Eagles. And then from like 9 a.m. to kickoff, I'd be giving out the Steelers. That's way, that way, half of, half of your people were happy. That's how it was back in the day, so... You know, so that giving out picks and stuff can be a, a tricky business. But I like the Steelers here. I may have some a ticket on the Steelers. I'm certainly watching this game. If it drops to six or six and a half, I can guarantee you that I will have a ticket on this game. But I like the matchup uh, a lot here, and especially the travel spot. Great travel spot for our terrible travel spot for Philly. Great spot for Pittsburgh. Extra rest. I mean it. it you give a better coach extra rest is usually usually a big a big win. You know, so this is one of those games you're probably gonna see some turnovers from Carson Wentz, turnovers and stuff like that. Um that always helps with separation. So that's what you that's what you want to see with big lines. Whenever you're a touchdown or more, then you, you want you want there to be turnovers, you want short fields, you want things like that. Uh, a Steelers front seven against a weak Philly offensive line. Uh, should lead to turnovers. Going to chat. As far as the Jets, it's only one player and they are at home. So if everyone is negative, they will play. Okay. There's not a line for this game because I I guess they just don't know yet. Uh, Let's see if we can find what it opened at. So it opened at eight. It opened at eight and a half. I don't think it's on the board right now, but it's around seven. People are going to tell you to bet the Jets because the public narrative is so bad on the Jets. Sometimes though, there's nothing you can do. Like at some, some, I'm not betting on the Jets. I'm out of the. I'm out on the Jets. So for me, it's Arizona or bust. I'm not saying it's the better play, but I, I just cannot back the Jets. I cannot back the Jets at all. They they are a dumpster fire. They're as bad as it gets. Rams Washington next game. So this is one of Chat's picks here. Crafty. Uh, this is one of his picks. Washington plus seven is his pick. Rams Washington. Now, it's interesting because Dwayne Haskins is not the quarterback anymore in Washington. From what I understand, he was benched because of a lack of work ethic, a lack of willingness to do the work, watch the tape, whatever. And here's the deal. Yes, Washington is playing with a backup quarterback. But if the quarterback, if Dwayne Haskins is openly not preparing if we know that he is not preparing adequately, if we know that he's not studying game tape, 
this is a bonus. Like this is good for us. You know, this is good for us. This is this is a good thing that uh, that they're going to Kyle Allen. Now, talk about travel, L.A. to East Coast, back to L.A., now back to East Coast. That's something you'll have to research. So I don't know what they did, but a lot of times, this is something else that you got you got to take into account. I don't know if they did. A lot of times, teams take those uh, trips. The Harboroughs are famous for this. A lot of times, teams will take trips like this, where they like an L.A. team, where they go, they have back-to-back East Coast games. A lot of times what teams will do is they'll go from the first game and then they'll go to a destination and stay there for a week. Not like not like Bali, but like West Virginia or somewhere in the area. They'll stay there, they'll practice at a facility, and they'll use it as like a bonding week. They'll use it as like a mini retreat, like a mini training camp. And a lot of teams do that. I don't know if the Rams are doing that this week, but it is worth researching before you um, – before you know before whatever so sometimes uh sometimes 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 like if you look at the schedule it can look like it's a crazy travel spot but if you you need to go check out the beat writers the beat writers usually will tell you and uh see if they're mentioning them staying like uh, west virginia is a big place that people go all the time <sighs> they played new york at home though last week how would they have not gone back to la because they might have gone somewhere else so let's look at the uh, let me show you what i'm talking about so, like right here, so they play at Buffalo, and then they play. Oh, so you're talking about you're talking about the fact that they were home last week and they're going to Washington. Yeah, they they may have done that. What I'm talking about is like right here with Philly and Buffalo. So they play at Philly and then at Buffalo back to back weeks. What they may have done here is after Philly, they may have went to like West Virginia, stayed there for a week, used it as a retreat, and then. Um, Went, went to Buffalo instead of going all the way back. And a lot of teams like to do that. As far as playing New York in New York and then pl- I mean, uh, playing New York in Los Angeles and then playing Washington, yeah, that's just uh, that's just a straight-up probably travel spot there. So, yeah, yeah, good good eye. You know, that's, that's a good thing to pay attention to. The West Coast, East Coast, early game time, uh, that is for sure something we look at there, for sure. Also, this is another thing where the Rams may – be overlooking this game. The Rams don't care about Washington, right? They're bad. They're not in the division. Uh, the Rams are playing pretty well right now. The, uh, Washington, they know that it's a different quarterback. That's something else, though. They're not preparing for Kyle Allen. I mean, Dwayne Haskins. Dwayne Haskins was uh, Dwayne Haskins was you know just named not the starter. So they may have been watching Dwayne Haskins tape. They may have been watching all that stuff. They have no clue what Kyle Allen's going to look like. They have no clue. What uh, what any of that's going what's going to happen? And another fantastic note by chat: they play Frisco, right? Next week they play San Francisco in prime time. So who do you think the Rams are more excited for? Who do you think is on the Rams' mind more? Frisco in prime time, or the Washington Redskins? I'm going to go ahead and tell you that Frisco in prime time is way more, way more frisky Frisco. Yeah. Frisky Frisco is way more on their mind. So this is a great spot if you're going to take Washington. And Ron Rivera with the new quarterback. You know, Ron Rivera is obviously going to want to prove that he's making the right move. Uh, he's got a lot at stake here. I, I like this play. I like this idea. I like what, I like the direction. I like the thought process. This is the kind of stuff that, we're, that we ad, advocate up in here. We ain't talking about past defenses. 
We ain't talking about uh, who the best running back is. We talking about travel. We talking about motivation. We talking about uh, prep. We talking about the schedule. That's how you find value in this. That's how you find numbers. Well done, Chad. Let me give a, let me give a round of applause to Chad here. That's what I like to see. That's the kind of stuff I like. That's the kind of stuff I like. We, I mean, this is the like the eighth show or something we've done. And I, I, we, all of a sudden, we out here thinking. We out here thinking. I love it. I love it. So this, this, I like this pick. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and say that. I like this, Washington. This is another thing, though. I would be taking a hard look at where the money's going. So the Rams are minus 120, minus 115 in some places, like Circa, BetMGM, Westgate, things like that. Um, so that means money's coming in on the Rams. Now, it moved from 9.5 to 7. So the money was um, early on Washington. If it, it, it could easily tick back up to 7.5. So this is another game where I would hesitate to take before Sunday. If you are going to take this game, wait until Sunday morning. Wait until just before kickoff. Or whenever it goes to 7.5, scoop it up. I would not be surprised if this move to 7.5. I like this play a lot. Freaking Washington, freaking travel, the fr- the frisky freako, uh, friscos. Let's go, baby. Washington in Washington, we trust the Washington football team. Let's go, baby. What is next here? What is next? Let's see. I'm all I'm all over the place. We we got so deep in that Rams talk. I'm not even sure what the schedule is. Oh, the next game: Bengals Ravens. Lamar Jackson missed a couple of days of practice, but he is back. As far as I know, he will play. I don't know about you guys. I don't know about you guys, but I'm kind of out on betting against Joe Burrow. So this game opened up at 13. It is currently 13. I don't see how you are comfortable with the idea of Joe Burrow having you know the back door wide open. The only way that this is a real problem, and chat can tell me more about this. We got a couple of Bengals fans up in here. The Bengals run defense is going to be the thing. If the Bengals' run defense can exist, can just exist, then I think that the Bengals could cover this. Now, the Bengals are an expensive team. The Bengals are expensive because people love Joe Burrow, and the Bengals cover the spread. I believe the Bengals are undefeated against the spread. I believe that's correct. I believe they are 4-0 against the spread. So when teams are 4-0, 5-0, 6-0, 7-0 against the spread then they get more and more expensive. So we are get we are reaching a peak here of the most expensive that uh that a team that a team can get. Also the Ravens are at home. So let's let's go ahead and think about what this game would be at Cincinnati. In Cincy, they're telling you this game would be, you know, somewhere in the neighborhood of minus 9, somewhere in there. That sounds cheap. That sounds really cheap. That sounds like I, I don't know about that. If this was if this was in Cincy and Baltimore was like minus nine, I think a lot of people would be taking Baltimore. A lot of people. And I'd probably be one of them. At this number, I'm not look, bottom line, I'm not betting a show Burrow. So I would lean Cincinnati here. But the Ravens are one of those teams, like I explained earlier with the Chiefs, if you if you allow the Ravens to just do what they want to do, a.k.a. run the football, they will naturally get separation. So 
they're 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 one of those weird teams where it's not hard for them to pile on the points just by running the football. So, you know, this is kind of a weird spot. But with Joe Burrow, look, man, with Joe Burrow, it's something that the when the back door is open, he might just he might just go right through it. Uh, we've been bad against the Ravens, especially Lamar. That's another thing to think about. So Lamar Jackson, or are anyone like Lamar Jackson? Anytime you have a team, we're gonna do a lot. We're doing a lot of teaching today. We're doing a lot of teaching today. Anytime you have a team with a very obvious system, like Lamar Jackson and the Ravens, even the Chiefs to, to a certain extent, if a team sees them multiple times and cannot stop them, it's usually a matchup or schematic issue, and that is much more likely to exist. So if Lamar Jackson, for example, has 120 yards rushing on average in two or three games against the same, against the same team, He's probably schematically a bad fit against, or a good fit against them, and you can pretty much bet on him doing the same thing over and over again. So if the Bengals are bad against Lamar Jackson and the same players, same coaching staff, stuff like that, multitude of to- a multitude of times, that is something to pay attention to for sure. That <clears throat> that is something to pay attention to. So really, what I'm betting on here is that the Ravens go up big. And then Joe Burrow at the end comes back a little bit. One of those deals where like they're up 17, Burrow scores with two minutes to go, the Ravens just run it out. Boom, scallop, boop, boop, backdoor cover. Next game, Jags, Texans. All right, now this is another advanced, uh, advanced tactic here. The Texans just fired Bill O'Brien. That is an upgrade. It's called the coach's bump because the players said. F that guy. And we know the players didn't like Bill O'Brien. We know that uh, we know that J.J. Watt was obviously the leader of the team, maybe a future president. J.J. Watt was having a co- an argument with Bill O'Brien a couple days before he was fired. He gets fired. That team is fired up, no pun intended, to prove they're better off without Bill O'Brien. So you have the Texans here at an absolute max motivated spot. This is their Super Bowl. They want to win this because they want to prove to everyone that Bill O'Brien was the problem. And you have Deshaun Watson. So you have the better quarterback. You have the more max-motivated team. The Jaguars proven to be total shit. Jaguars, terrible defense. Terrible everywhere. I like the Texans here. This is showing me that Houston is... uh, Houston opened 6.5. They've been bet down to 5.5. Uh, ever except Circa. Circa hasn't been five. Over under 47. Uh, it's moved all the way to 54 and a half. Um, so I would, take t- I would take Houston here. I like Houston here. This is one of those games where I don't have a ticket on right now, but I would not be surprised if I had one later. I like the coach's bump. I like having Deshaun Watson. I think the Jaguars are garbage. The Jaguars cost me a lot of money last week. Screw the Jaguars. Go the Texans. We're into the afternoon games now. Dolphins. At Frisco. Frisco is minus nine. Opened up minus eight and a half, got bet to nine. Um, over under 46 and a half, moves to 50 and a half. This is something I talked about earlier with fading teams that do well on primetime. You also want to look to back teams who got embarrassed on primetime because the narrative is usually bad enough that you can get some value out of it. Now, chat, you, help me out here, chat. Jimmy Garoppolo is supposed to play, correct? Jimmy Garoppolo, I think, is supposed to play. I think he's back. 
So that's a big deal. Um, this is a big number, but it's not a big number if you think about it the other way. If this is in Miami, you're talking about this game being Frisco, like minus five, somewhere in there. That seems like a pretty good deal. I would definitely take that. So if that's the case, I got to take Frisco minus nine. I'm taking Frisco minus nine here. I like this game. I'm looking at this game as one of my top five picks. Um, we're, we're, we're trying to get on, you know, we're trying to get on the whole train of a, an undervalued 49ers team against a pretty bad Dolphins team. Dolphins are traveling from Miami to Frisco. Not that big of a deal. Um, east to west, but it is still travel in a COVID era where travel is just not that not that easy anymore. So this is this is something that to, to hold, hold into account. The Niners have been home two weeks in a row now, at least at least two weeks. Let's see how long they've been home. Yeah, two weeks. So they they were home against the Eagles, obviously got embarrassed, and then they're home against the Dolphins, home against the Rams. So they're on a bit of a home stand here. Uh, so yeah, Garoppolo to make Niners return versus Dolphins. He's obviously going to be fresh. He's going to want to prove, prove himself, uh, get back to, to where he was. So I, I, I like the idea here. Now, that's another thing, too. The Niners got embarrassed on Sunday Night Football. So they're going to be motivated. But they're also, they get the bump of our quarterback is back. Our guy is back. If Nick Mullins was going back out there, they may have a little bit of a hangover like, shit, is this guy, can this guy do it? But the fact that it's Jimmy Garoppolo, who they know can do it, this is them saying, you know what, guys, let's go. This is back to where we were. This is back to our team last year. The gang's back together. Let's go out there and show the country what we really can do. Um, so I think I think the Niners take care of business at home. Uh, I'm going to take the minus nine there. This is one of those games where you probably want to bet now. No one's going to bet on Frisco. This line, I mean, no one's going to bet on Miami, so this line will just keep move, moving up. So uh, if you want to take uh, Frisco, take them now. Freaky Frisco in the house. Let's get some freaky Frisco's in chat. Next up, Colts-Browns. Uh, so let's see. The line is even. The line opened at minus two and a half for Indy. That's a pretty big number on the road. That's a big number on the road. So Indy was opened up two and a half point favorites on the road. Uh, minus one now across the board. ESPN has them as a, at a pick. Classic ESPN. Hucks. This is tough for me, man. This is a really tough one for me because I, I never, ever think the Browns are good. And I know Indy's good. I, I, know, their, I know their defense is good. Hmm. Hmm. I would I would not bet on the Browns in this game. If the line, I, I would hope the line keeps dropping. I would take Indy because I think the Browns are the team that would smell their own farts. They are the team that's like, man, we beat Dallas, dude. We scored fifty points. Hey, Odell, remember that cool flea flicker that I threw you? That's the Browns. And this is a game where they could, if any team could have a hangover from a win. It's the Browns. The Browns sniffing their own farts. They're three and one. People are playing, whatever. And uh, Indy comes in there and slaps them up. Indy has a big time defensive advantage. Uh, they have a coaching advantage. Uh, it's about time for Baker to suck. Yeah, I mean, Baker Mayfield is prone to turnovers and playing the number one defense in the NFL is a good way to have those turnovers. The Browns were great last week because Nick Chubb ran for 1,000 yards, but he's out. I mean, not Nick Chubb. The Browns ran for 1,000 yards, but their best running back is out. So they don't have that rotation. Just like Chad said, Chubb out hurts the ro- running back rotation. Yeah. So can the Browns run for 300 yards on the best defense in the NFL? Probably not. Can Baker Mayfield have a good game against the best defense in the NFL? Probably not. So at even or a pick or minus one, give me Indy. Let's 
go sign this 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 is also um this is also a, like two two teams i don't believe in i think the colts are not a three and one team i think philip rivers is pretty overrated right now uh the browns are on a three and one team baker mayfield sucks giants cowboys speaking of suck i say it every week man but dallas is like look dallas has got to win you know they're max motivated they're Stats are good. Their offense is good, but is Mike McCarthy a problem? You know, now here on the other side, you have the Giants. The Giants are cheeks. The Giants are butthole. The Giants are terrible. I'm not taking. I'm not taking the Giants. Dallas is minus eight and a half at home, which you're talking about this being like a minus six or minus five and a half somewhere in there on the road. It's kind of hard to do the flip nowadays because you never know how much home field advantage is and all that, but. So if, the, if this game was in New York and it was Dallas minus five, I'm all over this game. So I, I like Dallas even at the eight and a half here. A good teaser number. I'm not I'm not usually an advocate for teasers, but if you're looking to tease a game, uh, this is a great great number to tease here. I, w- I would take Dallas here. Dallas has to win. I think Dallas is closer to a nine win team, eight win team somewhere in there. And they're better than an eight win team. And the Giants suck. The Giants could easily go winless this year. They are really bad. Really, really bad. The over-under is 54. Is that correct? It opened it. Whoa. It opened at 44, and it moved to 54. Question mark. Uh, obviously, you can't take an over if it moved 10 points. So, uh, Mike is a bum. Jerry is a bum. Cowboys fans are bums. Mike McCarthy's awful. I mean, Mike McCarthy, I think this team would benefit with losing Mike McCarthy. He's terrible. The whole coaching, the whole coaching tree is terrible. Uh, I think points will be scored in this game. I think Daniel Jones will probably have a good game here. Yeah, Mike Nolan is where. Yeah, Mike Nolan. Mike Nolan's a big problem. But Mike Nolan is McCarthy's boy. McCarthy hired Nolan, and that's a big problem. Is that you know, as a head coach, that's a head coach. You, as a head coach, you have to fill out your your tree. You know, so McCarthy. Yes, Nolan is bad, but McCarthy is allowing him to be bad. That's because Dallas puts up points. Their defense just has sucked absolute ass. I can for sure see a 45-14 Dallas game. Yeah, agreed. I think Daniel Jones will put up decent points here, or decent yardage, because Dallas' defense is so bad. But, yeah, I mean, this is a game here where I think Dallas is going to run run away with it. This is a statement game. This is a divisional game. So Dallas is max motivated. New York has zero motivation because they know they suck, and they know that uh, they don't have it. So give me the motivated team. Give me the better team, the better quarterback, the better offense, whatever. Give me Dallas, even at eight and a half. Let's do it. The primetime Sunday night game. Vikings, Seahawks. We got some Seahawks fans in chat. Everyone knows I love Russell Wilson. I'm all love that man. I've never been ashamed to admit when I love a man, I love Russell Wilson. What the hell was I talking about? Anyways, the Vikings are at Seattle. This line for this game opened up at nine, got bet down to seven. So people are on Minnesota. Over under 49 and a half, uh, moved to 56 and a half. Said, what is up with these total moves? I've never seen something like this. We've got, I mean, Vegas and Kansas City went from 43 to 53 to 55. Uh, Washington, LA went from 40 to 46. Jacksonville, Houston went for 47 to 54 and a half. Uh, Jets Arizona went from 44 and a half to 47. 
Cincinnati, Baltimore from 46 to 51. Dallas Giants from 44 to 54. I mean, these are crazy. These these, these numbers are nuts. These these total movements are, are too much for me. Stay away from that. But um, yeah, Minnesota, Seattle opened up 49 and a half, moved to 57 and a half, 57 or 56 and a half. Seattle was minus nine, moved to seven. Uh, let me rechat real quick here, guys. Uh, Jesus, take a cold shower, man. We'll simp for us. Let James simp, except for Katie Nolan. <laughs> Anyways, somebody delete this. Delete this now. I, I mean, I like Seattle here. I mean, bottom line, look, I don't trust Minnesota to be able to uh, keep up with the offense. I think Minnesota still is rebuilding. Seattle is at home. Not that, that matters a lot, but let's say it's on the road. Um, you're getting Seattle at a you know minus four and a half, minus five, somewhere there, maybe closer to four. Uh, that sounds pretty good to me. So I, I'm I'm riding Seattle. I mean, I don't have any reason to believe that Minnesota can stop Seattle. I do think that if you like Minnesota, you like the under. If you like Minnesota, you're expecting Dalvin Cook to run wild and keep Russell Wilson off the field. As far uh, I may be wrong here, Chad, but isn't Seattle's run defense pretty bad? Isn't there like their pass uh, pass rush and defensive line all that pretty rough? If that's correct, then the Vikings are going to need Dalvin Cook to go off. The, the Vikings are going to need Dalvin Cook to do his thing, keep Russell Wilson off the field, and make this like a 24-20 kind of game. So I'd be thinking about that with Seattle. This is another good teaser number. So teasing Dallas and Seattle is pretty juicy. You could get Dallas minus like two, two and a half, and Seattle uh, minus one, one and a half. So that's not a bad teaser option at all there. Um, I it, Gun to my head here, I would take Seattle just because I don't trust Kirk Cousins, just because, you know, all that stuff. I can see the Vikings pulling an upset here. I don't know, man. I mean, I, it's always on the table, but this is also where you're getting into Kirk Cousins in prime time. And you're getting Kirk Cousins out of his rhythm. You're getting Kirk Cousins away from that noon slot. We, we've talked about Kirk Cousins' noon slot. He's like 62% win rate at noon and like 33% win rate not at noon. So you've got... Kirk Cousins in primetime where he is god-awful. You have a Vikings team that's rebuilding. You have a Seattle team that's cooking. The only possible way, I'm telling you right now, the only possible way Minnesota wins this game is if Dalvin Cook goes crazy. So that that's that's about it. Um, I think either way, the under is not a bad look here at 57. So I'd be looking at the under, but right now, unders don't seem to hit in the NFL. So, you know, it is what it is. But I, I'm not, I don't, I'm not putting my money in Kirk Cousins' hands out of prime or in prime time. Next game, Chargers Saints Monday night. Man, every time I every time I see the Saints, I feel like they're playing in prime time. So Justin Herbert, aka Justin A. Bear, is the starting quarterback for the Chargers for the rest of the season. Uh, Anthony Lynn listened to me and said there's no reason to go back to Tyrod Taylor. True, um, obviously, why would you? Uh, Herbert Herbert is playing the game. I mean, he's making some throws that the throw he made the sixty yard touchdown pass that was one of the best. That was one of the best um, passes I've ever seen in the NFL. Bottom line, that was one of the best passes I've ever seen thrown. Was the falling away over two defenders, sixty yards in the air, unbelievable stuff from a rookie. Uh, th- th- you know, seven and a half is what ESPN's showing me. 
Vegas is open at seven and a half. It's sitting at seven, moving towards eight. So money's coming in on the on the Saints here. I don't know. I mean, it, it's hard. It's hard for me to take the Saints minus seven and a half until they prove to me that like they have a consistent thing going on. They're so all over the damn place. And a team like the Chargers that are scoring points, a team like the Chargers who aren't afraid to go and you know throw the football around and score some points and and do all that stuff. It is tempting for me to take the Chargers here. I more than likely would take the Chargers here. The only thing you could think of is that they went and played a really taxing game against Tampa Bay. They went and played a really, really difficult game in Tampa. So are they spent? Uh, this, This is another situation where you want to figure out what LA did. Did LA, did LA go back to LA or did they stay somewhere else after Tampa? That's a question you got to ask. That's a question you got to research. Um, but but gun to my head, I would probably take the Chargers here just because I'm not sure about what the Saints, what their plan is consistently. Will they win this game? Probably. But if it's a dink and dunk, you know, Alvin Kamara screen, Drew Brees, normal kind of thing, hard for me to be like, oh, yeah, they'll win by 10. Oh, yeah, they'll win by 14. They're going to need turnovers to do that. Um, Justin Herbert could be turnover prone as far as he's a bit of a gunslinger. You expect rookies to do that. So... I think the Saints win this game, but as far as covering, I don't know about that. I saw that Tyrod Taylor has no more guaranteed money left on his two-year deal. LOL. Not sure where he ends up, but they better give him another deal or things could get interesting if he is jobless. Yeah, I think he just sues. I think he just sues, just bankrupts the entire system deservedly and goes about his merry way. The second Monday night game, I'm getting kind of used to these Monday doubleheaders. Uh, This one is at 4 o'clock, 4 p.m. Central. Broncos at Patriots. Now, I don't know what the hell is going on in New England. Chat, help me out. I know Stephon Gilmore's not playing. Is is Cam Newton playing? Who's playing? Who's doing anything? Do we know? Broncos Patriots preview. Let's take a look. The New England Patriots are heading to a game disrupted by coronavirus. Uh, this week, the Patriots facility was closed for most of the week after rainy defensive player just Stephon Gilmore. Uh join Newton on the reserve COVID-19 list along with practice squad player Bill Murray. Man, Bill Murray's Bill Murray's having some rough times, huh? Bill Murray is having some tough times. What happened, man? One second you're in, you know, one one second you're in Space Jam and ne- next thing you know you're on the uh reserve COVID list up in New England. Brett, Broncos quarterback Brett Ripien, he's so he's playing. So it looks like Newton and Gilmore remain unclear. Gilmore is not experiencing symptoms. Jesus. I, I mean, what do you want me to do? What do you, what do you want me to do, guys? I mean, honestly. How, how am I supposed to preview this game? Let's see. Vegas. Vegas didn't have a line for this game. Um, let's see. Am I missing it? Oh, yeah, here it is. Okay, so Vegas has New England open at minus 10, but it's off the board at most shops. And where it is on the board, it seems to be that it's back down to five. Um, the only thing we know right now is that there is a game. Uh, stay away from this one. That's my take. Stay away from this game. Uh, I can't preview this game. I don't know what you want me to say. I don't know anything about Brett Ripien. I don't know anything about Jeff Tr- or uh, Brian Hoyer. I don't know anything about you know, these players, I don't know who's playing. I don't know how you prepare for this game. I don't know. Don't watch it. 
do something else. Watch watch my vods. Watch watch YouTube or something. Don't don't watch this game. That's my preview for this. I mean, Tyrod suing the NFL and the XFL becomes the new NFL would be the best irony of all time. Second string league incoming. The only thing we know is that there is a game. Yeah, I mean, that's it. That's it. Is what it is. So let's pick our five games. So the five games. First game we're taking is Atlanta. Uh, we're gonna call it Atlanta minus one. Second game we're taking is the are the Steelers minus seven. Third game we're taking is Washington plus seven. So what are we at? Three. Uh, okay, we're at three. Next game we're taking is Houston minus five and a half. And then the fifth game we're taking is Dallas minus eight and a half. There you go. Easy five games. That's that's five and oh, I'm telling you that right now. Those I feel so damn good about those games. That's easy five and oh. Again, Houston, boom. Washington, boom. Pittsburgh, boom. Falcons, boom. Was that four? And then Dallas. So Dallas. I gotta think I have a better way to do this, man, instead of just doing this in my head. Dallas. Houston, Washington, Pittsburgh, Atlanta. Let's go, boys. The the out of all those, my least favorite is Atlanta. If I had to switch, I would take Atlanta out and put in um the Niners. So that's how I would do it. So there you go, guys. That those are the picks. There it is. Feels good, man. Another good NFL show. Washington about to let you down. No, nah, dude. I feel so good about Washington. Washington might be my favorite play of the week. Washington, we've got Washington figured out. We've got this whole thing. This is, I mean, this right here, this feels damn good. This, I'm seeing things real clear with Washington and L.A. The travel spot, L.A. looking ahead to the Niners in prime time next week. Washington getting an upgrade at quarterback, even though it's a narrative that it's a downgrade. Oh, man, I... I Ron Rivera coaching through cancer treatments. The team's going to be fired up. Let's go, the Washington football team. Let's go. Hail to the football team. Washington, stand up. Let's go, baby. Gibson also playing well at running back. If Gibson walked to my house right now and stole my shoes, I wouldn't know who it was. Chase Young also back. There you go. There you go. Feels good. Feels good. Thank you all for hanging out. Thank you all for listening to the football show. LOL, can't wait for next football show. <laughs> Why do you what do you think the next football show is gonna do you think the next football show is gonna uh have me um getting getting my hopes and dreams dashed by the Washington football team? Is that what you're saying? Is that is that what uh is that what you're holding up? The next football show, by the way, guys, we have been doing this. We have stuck to the schedule. We have uh we are doing this every Tuesday and Friday on live on Twitch. So if you're listening on the podcast version, gracias. But if you want to get involved, if you want to get in chat, if you want to hear your thoughts, questions, uh, sn- you know, snide comments, whatever read aloud by the superstar, which on Tuesdays and Friday, you can get in here live and get involved with the deplorables that I call my chat. Thank you again, guys. And enjoy the weekend. Don't go get COVID. Uh, watch some football. Remember what I said, uh, the five picks, easy 5-0, and oh, easy 5-0. and oh. Thank you very much, guys. Another Thanks for the football show is in the books. Are you listening? Damn.